This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 288. The greatest tool coaches have at our disposal is the power of observation, right? We get to work with a smattering of people that gives us a look-see into different professions, different people, different countries and states, right? Sometimes, depending on who you're working with. So you have this power of observation. So, you know, you want to be present to your clients, but at the same time, be observing, observing what's being brought to you on a consistent basis. Where are the themes? Observe yourself. And also you're going to start recognizing that you have some strong opinions and we'll call those tenets. Like what are, you know, what are the things you deeply believe are possible for people or that are true? And it's part of why you do what you do. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, welcome to the show. We have a wonderful show for you today. I'm super excited about the topic, about my guest, and I'll share that with you in just a moment. I am Meg Rentschler. I'm the host of the Star Coach Show and an executive and mentor coach. And today, I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to someone who's been on my wish list to be a guest of the Star Coach Show, Laura Berman Fortgang books have been in my library and my references for years now. And as a pioneer of the coaching industry, Laura is one of those people that has been dedicated to raising the visibility of what coaching is and is absolutely passionate, as am I, to help coaches bring their impact into the world. So I'm going to tell you more about Laura in just a minute and about what we're going to talk about. But I want to take a quick break here to highlight the importance of keeping your credential. And part of being a credentialed coach is that we do a continuing education and we renew our credential every three years. Well, in case you are in that place of, oh my gosh, my credential is coming due, and I don't have enough continuing education credits yet, no worries, I've got a great solution for you. The Essence of Mastery Summit is a blended learning experience of both live training and pre-recorded training that you can do at your own pace. And get this, you can earn up to 22.5 core competency credits through the Essence of Mastery Summit, which is unbelievable. Not only that, but Annie Gelfin, who is a master certified coach and the host of the summit, is giving Star Coach listeners a reduced rate for the summit. So if you would like to up your mastery as a coach, if you would like to earn 22.5 core competency credits, at an unbelievable price of $397 when you use MEG as your coupon code at essenceofmastery.com. 
That's essenceofmastery.com. Coupon code MEG. You have the ability to get 22.5 core competency credits for $397. If you want to up your mastery, if you need to earn some credits, check it out. And thank you, Annie, for offering that discount to Star Coach listeners. Now, let's get back to talking about what we're learning in today's show with Laura Berman Fortgang. Laura is, as I mentioned, an absolute pioneer in the coaching industry. She has been on every morning talk show. She has been on the Oprah Winfrey show. And her TEDx talk currently boosts over 1.7 million views. Laura has five books that are now published in 13 languages. Living Your Best Life was one of the first books I read as a coach. She has addressed public and corporate audiences in many parts of the world on topics such as reinvention, career satisfaction, and change, as well as bringing coaching to diverse clients ranging from homemakers, celebrities, and Fortune 500 companies to NASA and the Army Corps of Engineers. Laura is amazing. I was so delighted to meet her. We talked coaching. We talked about the impact of coaching. She was at a conference that I was at recently as a keynote speaker. I loved her talk, and then she honored me by coming to my talk as well. She's best known for her unique career transition, Now What Methodology. Did you catch that? Methodology, because methodology is exactly what we're talking about in our interview today. We're talking about the importance of having a methodology to build your credibility, to attract prospects who want to work with you because they understand what they're going to gain by working with you. Laura is currently launching her legacy project, the A-List Coach Business Mentoring Program, to train coaches to grow their impact and their income. And part of that is what we're going to be talking about today in her interview about how you create a methodology, whether you are a brand new coach, whether you are a coach who's been around the block many a time, you're going to want to listen to what we talk about today when we talk about what is your methodology and the importance of methodology to your profitability. Let's go to my interview with Laura Berman. Forking. Laura Berman Fortgang, welcome to the Star Coach Show. I am delighted to have you here with me today. Thank you. I'm so delighted as well. It's I just know it's going to be fun. Oh, yes, it's going to be fun. So Everybody who's listening who didn't have the joy of being at the All Texas Retreat and Conference, I had the joy of meeting Laura there. She flew in to spend time with us. It was an incredible keynote presentation. And then Laura was kind enough to say, heck yeah, I'll talk with the Star Coach listeners. And I couldn't have been more delighted. So Laura, tell us a little bit. I mean, anybody who is been a part of the coaching industry is going to recognize your name. I would love to know a little bit about the journey that has taken you as a pioneer of the coaching industry 
through what you're doing today. So I know it's a lot, but just a little bit about what lights you up about what you do now. Sure. Well, it amazes me that I've been at this for 27 years, you know, so there probably are listeners who are like, Laura Berman, who? Because, you know, not everyone's been around that long. But there was a time when I was one of the first 16 students at Coach University, when there were only two coaching schools in the United States. I was an actor who just couldn't stand waiting on tables anymore and called an old acting mentor. I just had the strongest intuitive hit that he had my next career or job for me, but I wasn't going to tell him that because he'd think I was crazy. So, but I called him and he's, and he's like, oh, you're thinking of leaving the biz. Well, maybe I can help you figure out what to do next. And I worked with him for two years before I looked at him and said, you know, I want to do what you do. And like I said, I was one of the first 16 students at Coach University. Some of the same 16 people started the International Coaching Federation. I helped to write the ethics and standards, the credentialing, the corporate coaching committee was me and Madeline Homan Blanchard going like, you know, I'm working in corporations. We really need like a whole, you know, setup devoted to how that is done because it's different than life coaching. And so, you know, I've had the privilege of traveling many places in the world to help coaching chapters get started. And five books and a TEDx talk with 1.7 million views and all these things, as I was telling the the Texas coalition, been part of this journey where everything I ever could have dreamed of as an actor, I got to do as a coach. You know, I, in retrospect, what I wanted out of being an actor was making people think about their lives and cause them to maybe even be a little disturbed and think differently, act differently, heal their relationships, heal themselves. And who knew that it would come in this package, but it certainly has helped me. My journey has helped inform how I coach other people when they make career changes. And I mean, I, you know, it hasn't been just this upward trajectory forever and forever into the stratosphere. There's been dips and valleys and coaching has changed. And there wasn't this thing called the internet when I started. So, you know, staying relevant and connected as a coach has been an ongoing journey, but you know, it's been an amazing ride. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I feel very lucky. Wow. And when we were able to sit down and talk, we were, one of the things we were focused on is how passionate we are about helping coaches bring their impact into the world. And one of the only ways to do that is to make a living at what we do. And, and that it can be real fuzzy. It can, coaching schools tend to be focused on the skill set of coaching. That's what brings them their accreditation and helps them um, get coaching, the skill of coaching out there. And yet, how do we stand out from the crowd, which is one of the shows I actually just brought forward? How do we help coaches create the buzz or create the draw? And, And you have a big belief around, we need to have a methodology. We need to have something that helps us create create that that piece that we bring forward that maybe nobody else does. And you've put a lot of research into this. You said, you know, for 16 years, you've been looking at what is it that helps the coaches you work with stand out? So t- can you tell us a little bit about what you've been working on and where that's sort of settled? Sure. I mean, a disturbing statistic that has made me put my attention back on the coaching community and helping coaches is that 82% of trained coaches close up shop within two years. They just don't make it as a business. And I think that, you know, part of that is, 
you know, we, we get trained and we think, okay, but now I'm going to step out in the world and yippee, it's a whole other skill set to be in a business owner or to be in business, to market yourself, to sell, to be the chief cook and bottle washer. So I think that, you know, part of why I've lasted this long is because I was a bit of that hustler as an actor, you know, as an actor, you were creating your own work. But if I look at all the years that I've put in and observe other coaches and, you know, just observe the field, what I think makes a difference is results. Okay. A lot of coaches will talk about that they're a coach, but the but what you need to get down to the brass knuckles of it is where the tack, brass t- and tacks are like, what do you cause? People work with you and something happens. So what happened? You know, and for many years, I helped people get promotions and get ahead. But ultimately, I saw that I helped people figure out what to do with their life. So my 16 years has been in my own methodology that I came up with to write my middle book, my third book. Now what? really seeing what it did for me to have my own methodology. like And really, to those of you listening, you can't create your own methodology right out of the gate. You have to have have worked with several hundred people. I mean, Thomas Leonard used to say, when you've coached 100 people, you'll know what you're doing. So I've kind of taken that number. Like You have to coach and get results and make your mistakes and everything else. And then you take a point where you look back and you say, wow, who do I love working with the best? What, where's my sweet spot? Where do I seem to shine with people and get the best out of people? And that's what you say, ah, I have my own way of doing this. Now, what a methodology allows for you to do is first of all, you're communicating to the public that you have an expertise, right? So there's something that you do particularly well. And coaching now has come in so many shapes and sizes that even though there's plenty of choices for the consumer as to who their coach could be, there aren't a lot of choices about who you can trust. So if someone has their own methodology, maybe you've turned it into a book, maybe you're known for a certain keynote speech, maybe you have a course that's become popular, people trust the results and you're the coach that created that result. So where in the beginning, I would always say, you know, coaching is not really like, a follow the rule, you know, follow the one, two, three, four, five program. It's an open-ended conversation with a client and it's client initiated. And, you know, you're asking questions and getting them where they want to go. A lot of that still holds true, but as consumers have become more savvy, Mm -hmm. they don't want just a general relationship. Not only that, but the cost of coaching is now a substantial. And so to prove your value, you need to be creating results and you're going to be known by that result, right? So people are going to come to you because you're the person who helps people figure out what to do with their life, or you're the person who helps coaches figure out their methodology, or you're the person who um, people work with to become an emerging, you know, be a better leader. Right. So that's why your reputation becomes built by your results. So therefore, I think having your own methodology cements even further that you're the person to go to for those results. So that's, you know, where I find myself right now after having my own methodology create so many opportunities for me that I'm helping coaches mine their experience for that thing that is going to allow them to grow their, put their stake in the ground, grow their impact and their income should follow. So good. And I want to get more into the whole concept of methodology. Prior to that, though, for those coaches who are listening that are like, well, I haven't coached 100 people yet, or I, so Laura is saying that I have to have all this experience. I think that we might be able to give them a little bit of a roadmap of what to do on that road to creating 
the methodology? So what are some of the things they should be paying attention to as they're growing their wings? Absolutely. Well, you want to coach, 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 you know, like in the beginning, it's, it narrows your focus to niche too early, right? So you need to coach people. So, you know, as long as it's somewhat of a match, you know, coach as many people as you can. And even in the beginning, even if you can't speak to one specific result that you're known for, you have several results that you can probably tell people about. So don't tell people I'm a coach. Tell people I help people in family businesses get along better. I work with teams to be more productive. I work with managers to be better leaders. I work with parents to have peace in their homes (laughs) when they have a teenager, right? right? So talk about it in terms of the pain and the need that the person in front of you has Versus saying, I'm a coach, because you might as well just tell them you're a realtor. I mean, like, you know, I'm a realtor, I'm a nurse, I'm a coach. No, I help people do this, or I support people who are up to this. And it makes such a difference to get people to see that they need you and give you a shot and be one of those hundred people you're going to coach. So yes, all is not lost if you're in the beginning. Absolutely not. (laughs) Right. Well, and and it's, it's sort of having that perspective of, what am I learning about what I do? What are the results that people are getting when they work with me? And who do I really love working with Who versus who are some of those like stomachache clients? If you've got stomachache clients, maybe you don't want to work with those people. And, and that's They're not the, going to help build your reputation or your results. Right. Exactly. And there are people who love to work with those stomachache people. And, and because there's just, there's so many people in the world and we all have those that light us up and who we help get those phenomenal results. So those are just things I want you to think about if you're in that beginning phase. It's all about learning and growing because you're not going to know who lights you up and who gives you a stomach ache until you actually work with them. Right. But if they give you a stomach ache in the consultation, then don't, you know, Thomas Lutter used to also say, don't need your clients. You know, like, yes, you would love to get paid by, and you want that person, but headache clients only bring you other people like them, or they bring you headaches. And that's not going to be someone who's going to endorse you, or you're going to be able to speak about the result that you've had with them. So it's okay to take a pass, be brave. And sometimes you have to take a pass. So important. So, so important. So then what else do we need to be thinking about? as we're creating the kind of methodology that we become known for, that attracts people to us, that that we can speak about, write about, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, the greatest tool that coaches have at our disposal is the power of observation, right? We get to work with a smattering of people that gives us um, a look-see into different professions, different people, different countries and states, right? Sometimes depending on who you're working with. So you have this power of observation. So, you know, you want to be present to your clients, but at the same time, be observing, observing what's being brought to you on a consistent basis. Where are the themes? Observe yourself. And also you're going to start recognizing that you have some strong opinions and we'll call those tenets. Like what are you know, what are the things you deeply believe are possible for people or that are true? And it's part of why you do what you do, right? So in my work, helping people figure out what's next or now what, right? So now Mm -hmm. what for 
an entrepreneur. Now what for someone who works in a, com- a company? Now what for a homemaker who's never hasn't worked in years? That question in itself has become reflected because my tenant is that no one should suffer to make a living. Love it. And I know why that tenant's there. I grew up with a father who hated his job and he made us all miserable because of it. You know, before I went to college, I begged my father like, dad, I will find a way to pay for college. I, I, I don't even care if I don't go for two more years. Like I need time to figure out what I want to do. Please quit your job. Don't just stay in this job because you feel you need to pay for college. And he wouldn't listen to me. And he stayed in his job for 31 or 32 miserable years. And it wasn't all miserable, but, you know, it got miserable. In the right. end. And they ended up firing him 18 months short of retirement after being with the company 32 years. And they, he couldn't even sue like for an age discrimination case because they, they were very clever in who else they laid off around him. And so he didn't get his fully vetted pension after 32 years and they really ruined him. I mean, he lived for 25 years after that, but they broke his spirit. I mean, he was on the one company for life plan and they didn't let him finish it out. So in a way, it's kind of part of the warning too, is that, you know, you've got to move when you know you've got to move. And so one of my tenants is no one should suffer to make a living. That sounds very privileged, but I do think that we live in, in a time, and look at right now, people don't even want to go back and work in an office because they learn how to work from home and they're quitting. So we are dictating the terms of what work can, should look like more and more decade after decade. And so when I wrote my first book and I dedicated to my dad and it said, for everything I believe and don't believe about work due to my father or something like that, I forget what, I, mm. what the line was. He recognized himself in it. He goes, he read the book and he said, this is everything you've been trying to tell me for years. Oh yeah. To my father, whose career inspired my beliefs and ambitions, which was a nice way of saying like, I did everything to not be like you, dad. That's (laughs) (laughs) none of my dad's three kids work in a traditional way because of our upbringing. Because of the lessons that you learned from that. And the name of that book is? My very first book was Take Yourself to the Top. Take yourself to the top. Love it. That's not the original cover, but yeah. So yeah. So my first book was dedicated to him. Tenant number one, no one should suffer to make a living. So there's, there are things that you've observed or the reasons why you've been into coaching or your life experience that, that you bring to coaching. There are things that you believe to be true or that you believe are possible. And it's part of why you do what you do. And those really become the, the pillars or even the pylons, you know, mm-hmm. built into the ground that hold up your methodology. And then the rest of it is, you know, designing how, what, how you're going to get people from A to B. What is your A to B? And how do we build this arc and this bridge? I, I, I look at everything in an arc because I was trained in the theater and every play has an arc. Every character has an arc, right? What's the journey that the character goes on or what's the arc of a play, right? So we start out and then there's a conflict and the conflict gets resolved in some way, good or bad, and we get through the end. So that's part of how you look at too. What's this journey I'm taking this person on? How do they need to grow? What skills do they need to have? What are the milestones they need to pass to get from A to B? And all these things work out to be your way of getting them there. So important. And with that, Laura, how do you share your methodology or your, like, how does having that help you in the client engagement? Um, 
so my methodology, like I said, is my third book now, what 90 days to new life direction. People started coming to me four days after 9-11 in a panic. Life is too short. Anything can happen. I need to figure out what I really want to do with my life. And that wasn't my ne- necessarily my expertise at the time, but that's who was showing up for me. And so after a while I observed and having that methodology, um, over time, you know, being that there's a book about it, there's a TEDx talk with 1.7 million views about it, been quoted here or there. I appear on certain podcasts in that regard. That makes the phone ring. And that's the difference between pre-methodology and post-methodology is that you're not just the generalist anymore, you know, with great great tips about this or that. And all your tips can be amazing. It doesn't, you know, you're helping people no matter what. So don't be dismayed, but really seeing that there was something I did that was being done in a way that nobody else was doing it at the time gave me the confidence to cement it. And then it has just been this great back and forth. Like I said, it's a source of incoming interest because there's results attached and the reputation has built. And so again, back to the point that your results are what build your reputation. It's not about you becoming famous or having 700,000 followers on TikTok, even though that could work. But you know, those are things that require so much attention that take you away from the thing that you came into coaching to do, right? So I vote for drilling down on coaching more people, observing your process, creating content and products out of your content. And then your content brings in the reputation and the requests to work together. Right. Because, you know, you have been on every talk show, every morning talk show you've been, you've met Oprah. Have you not? Yes, I have. Yes, you have. And would you say that those invitations or those seeking you out is because you've put a stake in the ground about what you believe in and the results that you get and you've published. And obviously you've been a speaker on that. Your TEDx is awesome. So with all of that, I mean, so if people are like, but how does that happen? A, it doesn't happen overnight. It's like one of those, you continue to be known because you get your message out there. Would you say that? Right. I mean, I also think, I also like hear you saying like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg, right? Like, do you hire publicists and get famous and then you get the opportunities or do you just do what you do and people find you for the opportunities? Perfect. My experience is that I just kept showing up in the right places and many of the opportunities happened. Like, for example, the, the first book that then, like I was on Oprah after I wrote, wrote the first book. The first book was totally a right place, right time, dink. If you guys want to hear this. Would love to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, coaching did get a lot of attention. Like in 1996, Thomas Leonard got a lot of media attention and he was very kind to share it with some of us. And there was a Money Magazine article that was interviewing Thomas and he sort of gave us a heads up, like call this reporter. So I call the reporter and she's like, oh my God, I've talked to 20 of you. I really don't need to talk to any more of you. And I was like, okay, I get it. But you've got to talk to this one client of mine because she went from making 50 grand a year to 500 grand a year over 18 months. So the reporter was, of course, very interested in this coaching story. So she interviewed my client. She told her, we'll call you back in the fall to take your picture. Thank you very much. In the fall, someone calls her back 
And they're like, you know what? We have this note to take a picture, but we no longer have contact with the reporter. Like, we don't even know what the story is. What's the story? They asked my client. And my client says, oh, this story is about me and my coach, which was not what, you know, she thought that's what it was, but that's not what it was. So I ended up being in Money Magazine, a story about me and her, photos of just me and her, and her story of going from, from 50K to 500K in 18 months. And I had 500 phone calls and my office for me to coach people on how to go from 50K to 500K. I had three publishers call me and ask me if I thought about writing a book. I had my mother pretend she was my secretary and use her maiden name. And I had 350 of those 500 people on a waiting list to work with me. I gave most of my friends six or eight clients and then decided, hey, be a big girl and become a coaching company. And, you know, and so I then had coaches who worked for me. So that is wow. That is that's a fun story. And I have a lot of fun stories like that. Was there a publicist at one point? Yes, there was. But and the Oprah did happen with a publicist, but it is the hardest get to get to be on the Oprah Winfrey show. So, of course, there were no promises, but it turned out again, lucky the publicist knew a producer on Oprah's show. And she's, you know, no one cares. They don't care. They don't like. They don't want to hear from you like, oh, you need to do my my client unless they had something for my client to be really special about. Right. And my publicist offered the producer three months of coaching with Laura, no charge, no hope, no strings attached. Just see what it's like. And after those three months, she walked into Oprah's office and she said, you have to have this chick on the show. And that's how I ended up on the Oprah show. So I will I will admit to that publicity piece. But otherwise, my books, the TEDx talk. All the lucky opportunities I've had have come from what I call grassroots, like showing up, do your follow-up. I am not, I mean, I am a pretty gregarious and, you know, ambitious person in the sense that I go after what I'd like to do, but there are no guarantees. And I shy away too. Like someone doesn't call you back. I don't, I'm not going to be on their doorstep every day begging. Like that's not my style. So I just want people to know that it's not inaccessible. It's just, I... I felt like it was more organic than stopping my entire life to be like, I've got to be, I don't, you know, like, no, right. It, it was organic to, you know, learning how to get clients to say yes to you. And, you know, I was burgeoning coach and business owner too. Right. People say, oh, well, all you early people had all the luck, but we had the, you had the, the nobody knew what coaching was. Exactly. Yeah. We sort of had the machete going through the right. through the rainforest, creating a path for everyone else because people were like soccer mom, like cheerleader, yeah. you know, what are you? There were all these, you know, horrible tongue in cheek stories written about, you know, these stupid people who called themselves coaches. So, you know, we went, we were, went through the ring of fire. Oh, and absolutely. Now people have the burden of there being so many people and how do you stand out? But same, same idea, get results, show up 100%. Don't be shy. And, and know uh, what it is that you do to bring it back around to, yes. to what we're doing. Know what it is that you do and and how you do it in such a way that you can use that to help people understand with clarity what they're buying because people who are confused are not going to take out their checkbook. A confused so, buyer buys nothing. Exactly. So as we're, I know we're getting close to the end of our time already, which blows me away, but with that, how would you use your methodology 
in that consultation. So we get somebody to do a call with us. I I would think that this is a key place to be super clear about your methodology, but you could correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Well, what, what I will answer that question, but I'll also say that when you have a methodology out there, the beauty is many people come pre-sold because they already like, oh my God, you know, I read the book and I couldn't do that part. Or um, I saw your TEDx talk, you know, they, a lot of them have sticker shock too, about how much it costs to coach with me or you, but okay, we worked that out. But the consultation then is really, I, it's really no different than other consultations when you don't have a methodology, you're listening for, you know, what's, what's the pain? What, what do they hope would happen by working with you? But then I'm able to say to them, ah, okay, well, we're going to do this exercise, which tells you X, Y, or Z, and this thing that will help you cement X, Y, or Z. Like I will use the language of, I'm going to help you get your criteria for happiness when it comes to the people who are doing career search. Or if it's, you know, a coach working with me, I'm going to finally help you figure out your sweet spot so that you don't really even have to market because it's who you are, right? So the methodology allows for you to pinpoint a result that will occur. We all know there are no guarantees in coaching, but people need some kind of sense of safety to say yes, right? So they feel safe because they heard about you or they feel safe because someone referred you or they feel safe because you have a reputation for doing X, Y, or Z. And even safer is we're going to hit these milestones over the course of when we work together, which in my XYZ amount of years tells me we're going to come out with what you're looking for. And knowing even at the base level, like I always tell people, it's not 90 days to a new job. It's 90 days to clarity, right? So setting expectations is really important, right? So if you're a parenting coach, it's not likely going to be, you know, your kid will never act up again. You can't promise that. Right. But you can, you can say you will have the tools to draw on every time there is a, a crisis or every time there's something there's not going down or whatever. Yes. Right. So will I pay for tools? Yes. Will I pay for clarity? Yes. So it's part of under promising and over delivering, but also having a basic promise that you know you can deliver because you have the experience to deliver it. And even if you're new, What's your experience in delivering it? It could have been even your coaching buddy in coaching school. It could be, you know, the person you coached for free and your confidence grows as you grow, but you have to start somewhere. Absolutely. And I know that I would love to just continue to talk to you. However, we we do need to wrap things up. So Laura, if people want to know more about you, want to be able to connect with you, I know we're going to have a lot of links for you in our show notes, but what's the best way for people to connect with you? If you can spell my name, you can find me. And even if you put in Dr. Laura Berman, you're going to get the sex doctor, but right under her will be Laura Berman Fortgang. So just laurabermanfortgang.com, Google my name. And I hope that you'll go to the show notes because we have a free download for you, the six steps to go from practitioner to sensational brand. And you know what? Why don't we have another one too? The five magic steps to a consultation. So we'll, we'll just make you guys rich with content. If you go to the Thank show notes you for and download that. Thank you for that. Yeah, we will have all those links in the show notes. Laura, it was a joy to meet you in person and to be able to spend the weekend with you. It was a double joy to be able to spend this time with you. Have a wonderful day and thanks for bringing your expertise forward. Thanks for having me and thanks for having star coaches and making your impact. It's very cool. Thank you so much.
Oh my gosh, that information was so good. And we do not want you to be in that 82%. As a matter of fact, 82% of coaches failing is just not okay. So download the information that Laura talked about. To access those links, go to starcoachshow.com slash 288. That's starcoachshow.com slash 288. Learn more about Laura and grab those links. Now, next week, I am really delighted to introduce you to Dr. Tracy Winter. Tracy is a neurodiversity coach. We're going to talk about how people who maybe think differently, people with attention deficit, people who are gifted, people who look at the world through a different lens, what they bring forward and how to coach those people so that their gifts really can be highlighted. Such a good interview. I was so excited to visit with Tracy and looking forward to bringing that interview to you next week. If you are enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen. That's how people find the show. In addition to you sharing it with them, as you're listening to the show, take a screenshot, post it to social media and invite people to the Star Coach Show. I would appreciate it, but I really believe they would appreciate it as well. Want more people to know about what wonderful guests like Laura are bringing to the show each week. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and we'll see you next week.